Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hey friends, are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com. Hey parents, Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. I'm John Golia. And I'm Greg Fife, And we are the Flight Safety Detectives. We're just two guys who have spent most of their career with the National Transportation Safety Board investigating aircraft disasters and aviation safety issues all over the world. Yep, and this podcast is where we talk about everything from accidents, airplane technology, to the big business of aviation. We live and breathe aviation. My co-host John has been in the aviation business for more than 60 years. He was the first and only airframe and power plant mechanic to get a presidential appointment to the National Transportation Safety Board. And Greg is a former air safety investigator and GOAT team captain for the NTSB. He's investigated everything that flies worldwide since he started his career 40 years ago. And on top of that, he is a living legends of aviation inductee. So between John and myself, we have over 100 years of aviation safety experience. It's time to buckle up because it's going to be wheels up. Let's get this show in the air. Well, John... It is one more episode of Flight Safety Detectives with you and I being self-quarantined or stay-at-home, ordered, protected, or whatever you want to call it, and our social distancing of 1,400-plus miles. This is getting real old. I miss your shining face, so, you know, it's it, it would be nice to actually be in the studio and, and recording these podcasts together rather than... Uh, through the social distancing method, but it is what it is. Uh, hopefully, we're going to start getting back to normal. As states put in, uh, like out here in Colorado, every one of the counties and cities is going to require people to wear masks, 
when they go out in public so that they can open up basically the economy again, get businesses and, and that kind of thing going. So it is at least looking opportunistic as far as things opening up and hopefully sooner rather than later, I'm going to be traveling. So I'm going to be testing the system here and we'll see how it is. Hopefully I can test the system enough and be confident in it so that uh, you and I can be together and do some podcasts in the same room. That so, would be nice. That would yeah, be nice. How are you doing? How are things going with you? Everything's fine here. I'm staying locked up, but the cases here in Massachusetts keep going up. They haven't really had a good plateau. They've run in spurts. We had a bunch of fails yesterday. It might quiet down for a day or two, and then they come back again with a vengeance. So we're That's not, we're not through this thing yet. Our quarantine continues till the 18th. But most people, most of the officials that talk about it think it's going to go all the way to June at least. Wow. Well, I had to get out. I do go to the office since my office isn't too far away. and There's nobody in the FBL, so it's real easy to be social distance when uh, all you have is the invisible man as you walk in the door, basically. So it's worked out okay that I can, I can still do some work. But I had to go out and do some proficiency flying. And one of the things that, at least here in Colorado, they made exceptions to allow flight schools to continue flying if you were doing it for purposes of staying current or proficient and that kind of stuff, basically for the uh, for the FAA proficiency requirements and things like that. So I went out and did some proficiency flying yesterday for two hours with an instructor and, uh, and a colleague of mine. Um, and uh, we you can't social distance in a Piper Arrow, but we all were wearing masks and, and that kind of thing to protect us. We wiped down the airplane and things like that. So the precautions are there. And I think that if everybody uses those universal precautions and, and sticks to them, you know, that's going to provide a level of, of at least safety. I mean, I didn't have any concerns about being in the airplane with two other guys. We we're all wearing masks and, you know, I mean, it was a good flight. The only thing that I did find was that some of the radio communications, because of the mask, you have to have the microphone literally right up against the mask so that uh, you don't sound like you're talking underwater. Other than that, things worked out really well, and I'm looking forward to doing some more flying. That was my my way of social distancing from the rest of the population, so worked out. And speaking of little airplanes and that kind of thing, general aviation, um, I saw that it looked like it was starting to rebound a little bit. There were a lot of airplanes flying, especially the uh, flight school airplanes were, were back in the air, which is a good thing. And so with that in mind, and the fact that I'm in the process of picking up a Piper Aero, one of the biggest issues that I have, and, and I think all of us as general aviation pilots, is maintaining those airplanes and keeping them, especially now, because it's going to be hard to get a mechanic. It's going to be hard to schedule if you do have issues with the airplane or if you're flying and you land at an FBO or at a little airport and you're expecting to hopefully find a mechanic if you have a problem, things like that. It's going to be hard to get somebody out there immediately because of all of the restrictions and, and that kind of thing. We're fortunate, and I know that when you called me about uh, this gentleman that we're, we have on uh, on the show today, you were telling me about the program 
it's called piston power and it's basically a power by the hour type program and it's a term of art that a lot of folks in the aviation business know with regard to uh, paying a flat rate or a fixed fee and then receiving certain benefits from a mechanical standpoint whether it's engine airframe or whatever and so i was excited to hear from remy about this so i'll turn it over to you john and let you introduce remy and let's get started because i'm i'm anxious to ask him some questions (laughs) yes well remy's boss actually is the one that uh, i cross paths with and he has actually agreed to sit on the board of pammer as well oh good so when he started explaining to me about what this piston power was, I said, we got to get that word out because it could be very beneficial to a lot of people trying to maintain their general aviation airplane and trying to keep the cost in, in, uh, in line with what they can pay. So I wouldn't begin to pronounce Remy's last name, so I'm just going to call him Remy. And he, he is the <laughs> chief operating officer, I guess, for piston power. Remy, thank you for joining us today. And I know that we've already uh, teased a lot of the, our listeners, so why don't we just jump right in and what tell us what Piston Power is all about. What's the history of the program? Where are you today, and where does it look like it's going, and what kind of benefits can we get from it? Thank you very much, John. Uh, thank you for the introduction, gentlemen, and the kind words. It's a pleasure being here with you guys, and we've got so much going on in this small industry that we're so excited about telling everybody about what we have going on. There's some things that aren't done yet that are going to come into fruition. There, We were supposed to release some really exciting news uh, during Sun and Fun. Hopefully, we can still have an Oshkosh or something equivalent to it, and we can still release some of the exciting news that we have going on. It's in the same world as our factory programs for the Diamond aircraft, for the Mooney aircraft. We have the Technum aircraft on there and a couple of others that we are now their factory programs. So we've been accepted by the factories. They've vented us and we're doing it. We're growing organically and we're getting enrollments on a regular basis. And it's a really exciting time for, for the general aviation industry because people are for the first time in the history of aviation going to be able to stabilize their piston engine budgets and their airplanes. Um, turbine owners, you know, they won't fly without it. And now piston owners are going to have the same benefits that the turbine operators have had for over 30 years. And in in the corporate world, maintenance programs, they're the norm. And with good reason, you know, engine issues are often unpredictable and very, very expensive. The maintenance costs can be astronomical on turbine engines. That's part of the reason that it took so long for a product like ours to come to fruition because they're not as expensive and they're not as big of a problem as a turbine. You know, you can lose a jet engine and you can, it could cost a couple million bucks to replace it and get it fixed. And the piston engines, yeah, they're, they're not as expensive, but it is expensive. I mean, engines are fifty, hundred thousand dollars for some of these piston engines. And that can really ruin somebody's flying experience that that can that can change their whole outlook on aviation an unscheduled event can so what we're doing is we're giving people that are newer to aviation that don't understand the maintenance aspects of the aviation the partnerships that have multiple people on the airplane they can stabilize their budget 
they're going to know what they're going to pay no matter what. If the piston shoots through the cowling or just if you have an oil leak, you don't have to worry about going to the mechanic and having an unscheduled event that you weren't planning on. You know, people all too often go in on an annual inspection thinking it's going to be a couple thousand bucks and then it comes out and they got to replace an engine. And the last thing anybody wants is somebody to get out of the business or sell their plane because they can't afford to maintain it. And that's what we're here for. You know, our, our programs, our scheduled programs are powered by the hour programs. You tell us how much you're going to fly and we're going to tell you what your rate is. You just go through the whole year, year after year, knowing exactly what you're going to pay to maintain that plane. And when you bring it to a mechanic, you don't have to worry about surprises. Remy, with regard to that fixed rate, is it tailored to, I know that you were just talking about, you know, you tell us how much you fly, we'll tell you what it's going to cost. Yeah, but is it also tailored? I mean, if I'm flying a Piper Cub or if I'm flying a Cessna 150, that engine's a heck of a lot different than if I'm flying a Cirrus with a TSIO 550 or whatever. Yep. Absolutely. So, so all of our numbers are based on what airplane you're flying, what engine's in that airplane, and how many hours a year you plan to fly. That's that's how we, we create our rates. You're not going to pay the same for a Piper Arrow as you would a Meridian or a, or a Malibu or something, or a Malibu. Okay, and then, okay, so now I'm paying for this program. What does it cover? We have a couple different programs. Uh, it's They're tailored for different operators. Some people want complete, full coverage, so they don't have anything to worry about. Some of the older aircraft that we get, our clients don't want the airframe covered. They just want the engine and the prop firewall forward covered. So we have a program for that. But on most of the new aircraft, it's a lot more bang for the buck to just enroll the whole plane and not have any worries. As you know, the engine is the meat and potatoes of the airplane as far as cost and maintaining. For most aircraft, that's that's pretty much the gist of it. In some aircraft, the airframes are a little more expensive than others. Things that have to be done to certain aircraft, you know, inspections, x-ray type stuff, uh, the, the, the ballistic parachute stuff. So there's different things in different aircraft, but the engine is the is the main part that we're concentrating on, the engine and the propellers. And this program will also cover routine preventative maintenance, or is it just required maintenance or some sort of catastrophic loss? Yes, so it does cover routine maintenance. Let me just go over the programs real quick. because The first two programs are a little different than the second two programs. So our first two programs are, we call them unscheduled programs. Uh, we don't call them warranties because we don't build the parts and we don't maintain the parts. We we just we we give you unscheduled coverage for it. So if something happens, we do pay for it. So it's theoretically it's just like a warranty. We actually mirror the factory warranties in most cases, and but we just don't build them. So we don't call them a warranty. We call it unscheduled coverage. So the way it works is, let's say you buy a brand new plane and it comes with two years on the engine and the airframe. And you can purchase our unscheduled program, and that would give you three extra years after your first two years. So you'd have five years of coverage for your engine. And and the first two programs are engine only, and then the second program adds all the accessories, like the alternators, starters, starter adapter, fuel pump. you got magnetos. And if it's a turbo-powered plane, 
it will also cover the turbo, the intercooler, the, the you know the mounting brackets, and all the turbo accessories. Those programs are three years or 600 hours, whichever comes first. So it's a one-time, you would pay to go on there, and then you'd stay on for three years or 600 hours. And it is also transferable. So if you're deciding to, if you want to sell your plane, you could put your plane on the program and sell it with a warranty. Or if you just bought a plane and you don't know, other than looking at the logs, how that plane was maintained, it's just a peace of mind to put it on there in case you do, you know, have a significant uh, unscheduled event like a case crack- cracking or something like that, which is going to it's going to cost a, a good amount of money to get that taken care of. And that peace of mind, it's it's hard to put a dollar value on it, but uh, I think we've managed to do that. OK, so now I own an airplane. I get a 2000 hour TBO. Mm-hmm. How does the program cover now me getting that engine overhauled. Okay, so our second two programs. So our third program is a firewall forward program. We call it the scheduled engine program. That's going to cover all the unscheduled events that may come and also the scheduled events like your annual inspections or your 100, 200 hour inspections, whichever ones you guys, what plane you have. We're going to cover your actual inspection. We're going to cover the squawks that come off the inspection. And then whenever overhauls comes up, if it comes early or if it comes at that 2,000-hour TBO, we're going to pay for the overhaul. And in some cases, there will be factory remanufactured engines or rebuilt engines as well. And uh, the reason for that, if there's not too big of a delta, we, we want to get newer accessories, uh, newer overhauled accessories along with the, uh, the overhauled engine. And then the beautiful thing about it is always transferable. So if you buy a plane brand new and you put 1,000 hours on it, now you sell it with 1,000 hours on it. On the program, it's like selling a plane with zero hours because there's a pot that gets transferred with that plane that goes straight to the next overhauls and future maintenance. So it's going to increase the residual value on your plane. So one way I like to think about it is if you're going to go buy a plane and they're both the same exact year, same color, same avionics suite, same plane. One of them has two years left on the warranty. The other one doesn't. Which one are you going to go with? Yeah. And then you're always going to want the warranty, especially if the, the price is the same. And most of the time it's not going to be. The one with the warranty is going to go for more money. And then you also talked about the program covering the airframe itself. How does that work? Because uh, people are definitely not familiar with it, even in the turbine world. How, so how does this program work covering airframe issues, and does it cover avionics and things like that? That's a great question, and that's something that sets us apart from everything else. All right, so we do cover what others can't. We are going to cover the avionics post-warranty. We're going to cover the fuselage, the tail, the cabin controls, cabin equipment, the landing gear, seats, the electrical systems, hydraulic systems, fuel systems. We're covering the whole bird. The only things we don't cover are most of the consumables. We do cover the oil, the oil changes. We do soap kits as well. So we want to do oil analysis because that's part of our business. We do uh, trend analysis and we collect data. We collect data for the manufacturers we work with, and we collect data for future events that may come up that they're going to want the data to just for the all-around general aviation benefit of making planes better, 
making them fly longer and making them safer, which is going to help the whole industry in every way. Well, you bring up the key word for me and John, and of course, that's called safety. There are a number of airplanes out there right now that have mandatory inspections, ADs associated with it. I can think of right off the bat, the Piper Arrow. It's going to be a very expensive AD. The Cessna 210 has a very expensive AD for a wing inspection. Does Mm -hmm. this program cover that kind of AD inspection? on the wing spars and things like that where you i mean these are big dollar issues and yes and like you were talking about before i'm the owner of an airplane it's one thing to maintain the airplane and keep it flying but now i have this very expensive ad i'm not spending three four five six thousand dollars to have the inspection done i'll sell the airplane mm-hmm. how does this program cover something like that that's a really tough place to be in. Um, you know, if you go ahead and sell the airplane, you're going to take some kind of hit in the value of the airplane because whoever buys it's going to have to do that. The main point of uh, what you're you're asking here is we cannot cover SDs and ADs, and I'll tell you why. We can't budget for them. There's no way I can budget for them. They could all come at once. It would just be a guess. We don't know if it's ever going to come. We don't know when it's going to come. So that's unfortunately, that's one of the things we can't account for. If there was a way we could save for future ADs or SBs, it'd be great. But we can't. We don't cover a handful of things. And that, those are one of them, ADs and SBs. We don't cover abuse. We just can't cover abuse. We, it's not a rental car where, you know, it's your own plane. We're expecting our, our clients to take care of their planes. And the beauty about abuse is that we'll never tell you you abused your plane, which brings us to the point of where you can bring your plane. You can take your plane to get maintenance done anywhere that they're approved by the FAA, or if you're in another country, the FAA equivalent. So we're never going to tell you it's abuse. It's going to be that maintenance facility you brought it to. If they tell us it's abuse, we're going to have to look into it, and we're going to have to see what happened. And then corrosion. Corrosion is something that we cannot account for. It has to. The plane has to be flying. It has to stay current, and it has to be maintained. That's unfortunately one of the things that we can't cover for. That's corrosion. It can be considered as abuse. That's the reason we do have a minimum of flying hours per year, which is 100. And, and a lot of people do not hit that 100 hour per year minimum. And we understand that. But uh, the reason we put that in there is just the risk factors uh, flying less than 100 hours. Our risk factors start going up a lot. In what way? What, what came, how'd you come up with that magic versus 75 versus 50? It's not a huge difference at 75 or 50, but let's say at 50 hours a year, you could go two or three months without flying it and still easily hit that 50-hour mark. Now, as you know, planes like to be flown. Yes. The longer they sit, the more issues can come about, and we want to avoid that. We don't want to be in the business of fixing aircraft that have been sitting for an extended amount of time. That's just not where we're at. We want to be in the area where people are flying a lot, and we're there for them when they're flying. When a plane's not flying, it's not good for anybody. We're not getting hours on the plane. We're not getting any business because of it. And the only thing that's going to arise are problems. You know, if, if you leave your plane parked for two or three months and start it up, you're probably going to have some problems. 
Well, that's the thing that John and I have talked about on a previous show is people, uh, general aviation pilots, because of uh, COVID-19, having to or have chosen to leave their airplanes parked for extended periods of time. We talked about some of the things that pilots or at least owners should be looking for when they return their airplane to service. So, of course, that's going to be a big issue. When we look at your program, with regard to the avionics, especially the, the older avionics, those spinning gyros and everything else, are you covering all of the steam gauge airplanes as well as all of the digital aged airplanes, or how is yes. that working? Yeah, so we do cover the steam gauges as, as well as the newer equipment. The only issues that we have arising from that is sometimes finding the parts to replace them. Unfortunately, there's only so much we can do to find a part. We do have our ways of finding them that may be a little better than the average customer, but some of them, there's just there's just no parts. If there's no parts, we, we can't do anything. And many times when there's not a part to replace, they want to upgrade it or put something that they can put in there. And we will pay for the, for the well, not for the upgrade, we'll change, we'll pay for the replacement. And then whatever the difference is, our clients would have to pay for the, for the modernization or upgrade of the plane yeah and then along those those same lines i bring okay i want to i want to put my airplane on your program mm -hmm. how do you evaluate my airplane do you look through all the maintenance records do you inspect the airplane how do we get the program started i just say okay here's my money put my airplane on your program yeah so there that's a very good question we do do we do have an inspection and the inspection is pretty simple. For our engine program, we call it a pre-enrollment engine review. And we want to do a logbook review. We're going to check your compressions. We're going to do a magneto timing check. We may require a bore scope, depending on what we find, and an oil analysis. And if everything comes good there and it's a healthy engine, we're more than happy to put it on our program. And as far as the airframe program, it's a basic annual. We're going to need it to have a fresh annual to go on the program as a healthy airplane. Once it's on the program, we're taking care of everything from then on. Great. John, I've been monopolizing this conversation, so I'll let you jump in since I can't see you when you're raising your hand, jumping up and down, wanting to ask a question. I was waving my arm a few times. So, Remy, <laughs> you, you mentioned that they can take it to their own mechanic. And in our conversation that we had yesterday, you mentioned to me about they can bring it to their own mechanic, and this program will pay the mechanic's rates. We're not looking for discounts from mechanics. We're not looking for discounts on parts. We pay retail. Um, that, that's that's not what we're here for. We want to create. We want to build relationships with mechanics and our clients, and have them build their relationships. So, depending on how involved our clients want to be, they can do everything and just let us know what they're doing, and we just sit back and watch. Or we can do everything from step one. We can set up their appointments. We can do a pro forma work scope and just go through everything, pay the bill, or we can have our clients pay the bill and we refund the clients depending on their individual situations. Some people want to do that just for tax purposes and stuff like that. As long as they're FAA approved, they can bring it to their own mechanic. We're happy to work with their mechanics and create the, the relationships. So their own mechanic or any mechanic? Yeah, as long as they're approved to work on that plane, as long as you don't get the guy that works on the jet skis and snowmobiles, you know, during the winter and summer and then just knows that he can work on the plane, we're good with anybody that has a license to work on them. 
Well, one of the things that John and I have seen throughout our career in axe investigation is you can have the, quote, shade tree mechanic, the guy who works out of the trunk of his car because he's working at a local airport, small airport, and, of course, the owner is trying to do things on the cheap, if you will. Mm -hmm. As far as the quality of work, if something were to break, and it's evident that it may have been because of improper maintenance, do you guys evaluate that before you do the replacement or do you ask those kinds of questions or is it no questions asked it broke we fix that's it no we definitely get involved in that we don't want to get taken advantage of that's just part of the business we know that people may ask for more hours than was necessary to switch out parts we know how long jobs should take and we know what they should cost so that's one of the main reasons that People want to be on our program, especially if you're newer to aviation or, or just mechanically inclined and don't know much about the maintenance aspect. You know, nobody wants to get taken advantage of. Nobody wants to pay more money than they should for anything. And that's what we're here for. We're here to protect our customers. And if we didn't do that, our rates would go through the roof because everybody would just take advantage of us. And our, our rates are very aggressive. Our rates are made to be that it, it, you should pay nearly the same amount of money on our program that you would by yourself on an average year. Some years you're going to pay a little less. Some years you're going to pay a lot more depending on how many unscheduled events you may have. We're just here to zero out and stabilize the whole thing. One of the things that I've always done with my airplane is, you know, figured out an hourly rate that it cost me to fly the airplane with maintenance reserves and that kind of thing. Give me an example. You don't have to give it to me to the to the dollars and cents, but let's say I have a, you know, a uh, 1980 Cessna 172 with a 180 horsepower engine. About okay. what would it cost for an airplane like that on a complete program and then just an engine program? Okay, on a 172, let's say you're flying at around 100 hours a year. You're looking on the on the firewall board engine only program. It's ninety four dollars per hour flying, okay. and that's collecting for all your reserves as well. And then, and then uh, airframe program. Let's see on a one seventy two, you're looking at uh, right around one forty five an hour. Okay, on the full airframe. Okay, so now I've paid for this. Fortunately, because I'm a meticulous owner and pilot, mm -hmm. my airplane doesn't break. Yep. I've just paid you 9400 bucks <laughs> for that year. Yep. Where does that All money right. go? How so does that... Here's the beauty of it. Our, so you have a reserve fund. About 30 to 35% of what you put in goes into a reserve fund for scheduled overhauls and stuff like that that we know is coming, you know, the prop overhaul accessories and the engine. That pot is fully transferable. So let's say you decide to sell it. You can sell it with that pot and get the, the increased value. Or you can put it towards your next airplane. That way, if let's say you buy one with similar hours on it, that way you could just put it right in there and uh, your future overhauls would be covered. Or we could just use that money and 
you won't have a payment for until that money runs out. That's customizable, and we can do it however the our client wants to do that. But that that money stays with you. We're not just taking it. It stays with the plane, or it stays with you, whichever way you want to go. So thirty percent, basically, of that ninety four hundred bucks stays with the airplane. Now, let's say uh, I have an annual coming up. Mm-hmm. Is that is that annual coming out of my thirty percent or the total of that ninety four hundred? No, it comes out of that that total. Um, it, yeah, they're separated. The the overhaul funds and stuff like that is separate from the scheduled annual inspections and the unscheduled portion of it. We we separate this uh, the scheduled reserve for overhauls, scheduled reserves for the annual inspection type maintenance and oil changes. And then we have uh, the unscheduled portion is separated. And that's how that works. The only way we would dip into that fund is if we had uh, significant unscheduled work that we had to, we ran out of unscheduled funds, we would dip into that scheduled fund. Let's say you needed an overhaul early, we would dip into that fund if we didn't have the money in the unscheduled. How about for a prop strike? Let's say, you know, you you didn't get prop. We do require our, our clients to have insurance on their airplane, and uh, yeah. a, prop, a prop strike we consider as an accident. So let me compare it to life insurance versus health care. All right, life insurance pops in when there's a catastrophic event and, you know, well, you die, basically, right? Which is an accident is um, – is th- that's why we have insurance on our airplanes for accidents. If you, uh, you know, if you back into something or if you have a prop strike – if you clip a hanger with your wing, something like that, that that's what we have insurance for on our aircraft. Our program is more like healthcare. We're going to require you to pay a monthly premium, and we're going to pay for your doctor's visits, annual inspections, and we're going to pay for anything that comes out of the visits. Let's say they find something, and we have to treat it or replace the part or do an overhaul. That's where the healthcare portion of us comes in. We take care of everything from then on with no deductibles, of course. Okay. I'm going to give you a scenario because I've gone through this issue with my airplane. I had somebody fly in my airplane. They, in fact, as they were taxiing, cut the corner short. Prop took out one of the taxiway lights. Didn't sound mm-hmm. like much. I mean, wasn't an instant stoppage on the engine. Of course, talk to the insurance company. I want, as a safety guy, I want that engine completely torn down. Mm -hmm. They just want to do basically a cursory engine inspection looking for damage and that kind of stuff. I went around and around and around with them, and they said, well, you can do whatever you want. We're only going to pay for this much. If I want a complete teardown and maybe even overhaul at the same time, will you pick up the difference from what the insurance company will pay or am I on the hook and just dealing with the insurance company? Because uh, it is an unscheduled type event, and yeah, it could fall but under several parameters of what you have. The gist of it would probably be no, that we probably would not, just because we would consider that elective maintenance. Yeah, okay. It would not be necessary. Now, we are not a machine. We have people that run our company, and that's not to say that we wouldn't. Um, it would depend on the situation. If your insurance company said it's not necessary and that all you need to do is that, and that's what the insurance company says, and then we would go with the maintenance facilities that we're working with, and we would figure out what needs to be done. If your engine's still not running the same after the inspection, we're going to have a problem, and we're going to have to have figure out a way to, to fix it together. Our goal is to keep you flying. 
safety and flying at the same time. We, we, we want to make sure everything is safe and everything is going right. And we also want to make sure you're flying. We don't want to keep you AOG. That's a, that's a difficult scenario. Probably if you just elect to do it and it's not required, that would be at your, your cost. But it would depend on what the mechanic said who was looking at it. Absolutely. It, 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 there would be some people that would get involved in that. It would be the mechanic you bring it to. We want to know why the insurance company doesn't want to do what we think that they should do so we could have a conversation with them. And we do have ways of uh, dealing with the insurance companies as well. And then we have our technical team that would get involved and they would want to know exactly what happened, why things would happen. And we would question the insurance company as well, why they wouldn't want to do that. Or if they're just being cheap, we might have to force them to to do it. It's a safety thing at that point. And there's a reason you pay into your insurance all the time. And they need to step up too. How have you created all of these relationships with the manufacturers and these repair facilities? How has that evolved, especially right now? It's going to be a real challenge. You have the Continental aerospace, you have Lycoming, you have all these folks that are kind of in a world of hurt right now because uh, they can't get parts from suppliers because everybody is shut down. How is that interaction work between the organization and these manufacturers and getting parts and, and that kind of stuff? I mean, is there a way that you can expedite getting parts if my mechanic has a problem or something like that? Well, yes, we can, and we do on a regular basis, uh, just because we have a lot of inventory in our in our fleet. So we know where we can go that some mechanics or uh, clients may not have the knowledge of where to go. We, we go, I mean, certain aircraft, you know, we get the parts from Europe. A lot of them come from China. Um, you know, Continental does their things with Avial. They do their own stuff as well. We do have relationships with them. I visited Continental over there in Alabama a handful of times. I visited with Lycoming. We got a lot of good numbers from them. We work together very well. And I work with all the manufacturers of the airplanes, too. Obviously, we meet at all the events, the local events, the large ones, the Sun and Funds, and the EAA, our ventures, Oshkosh. uh, We meet at all those. I do the European ones, the Aero Friedrichshafen. That's where we have our meetings. Uh, We've been around since uh, 2017 doing this, and we've talked to them in many different avenues. And, you know, the the reason we built these relationships with these guys, it's, it's definitely mutually beneficial. You know, we're helping them and they're helping us. This is something that everybody wants. Um, it's not for everybody. It's not for every every customer. But all the OEMs want to have this as a tool. And and uh, if some anybody that's new into aviation would love to know what it's really going to cost them to own that airplane. And until our programs have come out, they're all just guesses. You know, even the manufacturers will give you a number that they don't really know if that number is really there. Uh, they don't want to scare people away from buying their planes. So the guys that are selling the brand new engines or the overhauled engines, they're not going to tell you how much it's going to cost in the 2000 hours or the TVO. They're not going to tell you the big blocks probably are going to have to have a top overhaul somewhere in the middle there and, you know, replace some cylinders here and there. They're going to tell you it should run all the way to TVO, just like it's uh, recommended. The reality of ownership versus what the manufacturer is going to tell you may be a little different. A lot of their numbers are based on fleets, 
are based on a lot of utilization. Somebody that's flying 100 hours a year versus somebody that's flying 250 hours a year, their rate is significantly different. Over the 20 years of putting that 2,000 hours on there at 100 hours a year, you're going to pay a lot more money over those 20 years or or, uh, 2,000 hours versus somebody that's you know, pay, flying 250 hours. Uh, there's yeah. going to be a lot more events. You've got a lot more time, more than double the time. Those calendar items are going to come up. Those, the things that break over time come up more often. That's kind of how that works. Why did it take so long for a program like yours to evolve? I mean, Power by the Hour has been around for a long time. Of course, this information and analysis has been around for a long time. Why now? Why is your program started in 2017? What's changed? Or was it that somebody didn't believe that you could use the same kind of model for general aviation, smaller general aviation aircraft? That's a very good question. And I think I have the perfect answer for it. So in 1989, a gentleman named Ronald Zoberbrand created a company called JSSI, Jet Support Services Incorporated. And that company became the dominant force in the Power by the Hour programs. He also created and private labeled the Gulfstream Corporate Care Falcon programs as well. And he was considered as the guru of programs just because he created the largest ones and everybody loved it. You know, it it changed the way turbine operators flew. It gave the opportunity for small businesses to own aircraft because they could finally talk their accounting division on a stabilized budget so they could buy the aircraft. And Ron ran that company and sold it in 2008. He had a very long non-compete. And once that non-compete ran out, we had a couple of meetings of the minds with a lot of board members and we created piston power, basically the same thing for pistons. And the reason other people weren't involved in it, it, it was quite risky. We had to crunch a lot of data. It took us a couple of years to to get it kicked off in 2017. We had to we had to collect data. We had to talk to people. We had to make sure it was something that would be accepted. Our biggest hurdle was being accepted. Turbine operators are not the same as piston operators. You know, you'd be hard-pressed to find a turbine operator that actually flies his jet. Most of those guys sit in the back and have pilots. They have a whole flight department that deals with the stuff. Piston operators are exactly the opposite. We're talking about businessmen. We're talking about doctors, lawyers, candlestick makers or whatnot that own their own plane, and they fly their own plane. So they're a lot more involved. So these gentlemen that have owned the same plane for 20, 30 years and have been doing it the same way, we're not changing their mind. They don't need us. They already know how to maintain their plane. They've been doing it for a long time. The only reason they would need us is if they just wanted to stabilize their budget. And I would say 85 to 90% of general aviation does not save for future maintenance. They don't save, they don't have a pot for overhauls or unscheduled maintenance. They just pay as they go. And that's completely understandable. Most people can afford that, that own an airplane. But there's a lot of people that one catastrophic event could take them out of aviation. And then there's the people that are new to aviation that just don't know. You know, the the people that are buying all these new aircraft, the new diamonds for one and a half million dollars, most of these people are brand new, brand new aviation. 
Now, how would your program work, and do you have a lot of flight schools and flying clubs as clients, given the fact that they have a fleet of airplanes that are being utilized well over 100 hours a year? Do you have a lot of those type of folks as clients? I would think that it would be very beneficial because yep. that would help them come up with their fixed costs as well. Yes, absolutely. So two, two different aspects. Uh, flying clubs, they're, they're our perfect and ideal client. Um, this is where you have two or three people on one plane and they're flying at different hours. Some people fly more than hours, uh, more hours than others. And every once in a while, there's an unscheduled event. And anytime there's an unscheduled event, there may be some finger pointing. Who actually created the event? Who's going to pay for the event? And nobody's happy about it. So where our program comes in, you just pay per hour. You fly a certain amount of hours. That's how much you pay. If there's an unscheduled event, there's no longer finger pointing because it's covered. And somebody could create that event and not realize that anything happened and then five or six hours later, somebody else is flying it and they realize there's a problem. And so you, you can't always trace it back to who did it. This keeps partnerships together. You know, there's a story I had about an accounting firm that had a couple of different guys on there and they ended up closing the business because they got into an argument over unscheduled event. They just fought about it. That's kind of why we're here and that's what we're here to do. We want to stabilize the budgets that way. They don't have that issue. Flight schools are a little different. They do fly a lot. The smaller flight schools, we work better for. Larger flight schools, they tend to have engines on reserves. They've been doing it long enough that they already do a lot of the reserving and they're ready to go with any unscheduled event. And they'll take, they'll down a plane and they'll take apart from other planes that there's different things they can do to for a flight school. And in the end, flight schools, it's tough. It's a tough way to make money. They constantly have to lower their rates to compete with the other flight schools. And a lot of these guys are flying, you know, older aircraft, you know, 150s and stuff like that. It's hard to compete when you have a newer aircraft that costs a little, little more to maintain and costs a lot more money to buy. But um, even with that, we do have schools that we work with and it increases the value of the plane. So in the grand scheme of things, you know, after they used it, they paid into it. Now they sell the aircraft after a couple of years, putting a thousand hours on it. That plane is worth more money because the future school that buys it or the individual operator that buys it knows it's been taken care of fully. There was nothing missed. There was no delayed maintenance or anything like that. We don't defer maintenance and we don't allow for it. Schools can do that if they're not on a program. If they yeah. can't afford to overhaul an engine, they'll wait until they have enough funds to overhaul that engine. Yeah, that, that becomes an issue as well. Last question for me is if somebody is interested in, in a program, wants to at least get an estimate since they're trying to figure out what it's going to cost them to buy an airplane or buy the program, can they go to a website or whatever, plug in some numbers and, and at least get an estimate of what this program is going to cost them? Absolutely. So our website is www.pistonpower.com. And if you just go to our website, on the top, on the tabs on top, you go to our programs and then just click programs quote and it'll take you to our quote page, which also describes the, the that same page describes the programs in order. And then on the right hand side, you just click, uh, is it a new one or a used one? 
aircraft, what year it is, what make, how many hours you have on the engine, the airframes, and how many hours you plan to fly a year. And then you plug in your email address or your phone number, click submit. We get it back to you within 24 hours, usually right away. We'll send it to you, and then we'll give you a call to follow up and make sure you understand and uh, talk about the differences and how it works. That's great. Um, You know, one of the big things, again, I speak for John, but one of the things that I've seen in a lot of accident investigations of uh, general aviation airplanes with private owners or operators is the fact of what you brought up, and that is I'm going to pay for it when it happens. I'm not going to plan for it. I'm not going to hold out the the funds, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, in anticipation of something going wrong. And I'll tell you, the last several accidents I've looked at with uh, general aviation airplanes, and these aren't just old airplanes. These are relatively new airplanes that have been abused from the standpoint that they're not very well maintained because, you know, it's one thing to own the airplane (laughs) and, you know, you park it on the ramp, you go take pictures in front of it and you tell your friends you own an airplane, but these guys don't maintain it and they end up unfortunately paying for it in the long run through an accident or serious incident because they have some sort of problem in flight it's necessitating action they try to make a forced landing they end up killing themselves or killing other people and that kind of stuff and and these are the kinds of things that really concern me with general aviation it is one thing to be an aircraft owner but you got to be a responsible aircraft owner you do have to plan you do have to have a plan for these kinds of events it sounds like this is an opportunity that will help i think improve aviation safety just because now it's kind of like an insurance policy yeah it it may be painful every month or whatever but it's always that comfort that cozy feeling if you will that you know that if something does happen you can get it fixed now. You're not going to, you know, stretch it going, hey, I can wait another 10 hours before I have to fix it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, deferment of maintenance is it's borderline abuse. I mean, that, that's the most dangerous thing you can do is defer maintenance. You know, if you can't afford the maintenance, you probably shouldn't buy an airplane. Yeah. That's and- the way I feel. I mean, it, it's not it's not like a car that you could just pull over on the side of the road. It just doesn't work that way. Now, John, I, I do want to touch on one thing before we head out of here. I want to mention the value is not only recognized by the Blue Book and VRAP, the ones that, that tell you how much your plane's worth, but banks and lenders do recognize our programs. They will finance the the cost to enroll to your airplane. Some lenders will give you better rates if you're on our program, and um, it, it's it's safe for them because, you know, The first thing when somebody gets low on money or has a hard time, first thing they're going to do before they start stop paying their mortgage on that plane is they're going to stop paying the maintenance on that plane. So and if they end up not paying the mortgage and the bank or lending institution has to repossess that plane, it's usually outdated and the maintenance is outdated. So they love the fact that it's programmed because they know they're getting a plane back that's taken care of same reason that you know it's hard to finance a a jet or a turboprop without a program on it you'd be hard pressed to to find a lending uh, institution that will do that how about insurance companies do they recognize if uh if you know i'm trying to do all the right things to minimize my insurance cost will they recognize that hey look these guys they own this airplane they're doing the right thing they're they got the airplane on a program that we know that it'll be maintained so our risk goes down 
Absolutely. And we do work with a couple of different insurance companies. We're just not partnered up with uh, any of them just because we're not exactly in the same ballpark, but, but we do have insurance companies that recommend our programs and they will give a discount for keeping it well maintained. There's no doubt about it. And, and if it doesn't, if your insurance company doesn't have some kind of discount or some kind of incentive to be on a program, tell them to give us a call or let us know. We'll have a conversation with them because there's a lot of people that still haven't heard about Piston Power and the benefits of being on a Power by the Hour program. Not all the insurance companies also do turbines. You know, some of them just do pistons and they just don't know. So yeah. if your lending institution or your insurance company doesn't know, have them call us and have them find out about us. Outstanding. John, I think I'm clairvoyant with you, but <laughs> I, uh, I know that you're sitting there wanting to, to wrap this up and ask a last question. So I'm going to give you the last word. No, I think you asked them all. And that's why I sat back, because from a consumer's point of view, you are a consumer. You know, I'm the one that turns the wrenches to keep the airplane in the air. My view is a little different. I was encouraged to hear from Remy that they will pay the retail parts price because sometimes as mechanics will get a 20% discount, a 10% discount on the parts, and that gets figured into the cost of labor. So they won't be losing that revenue. They're going to pay the going rate for that mechanic in that area. And they're smart enough to know that they can figure out what that guy has been charging so he's not jacking it up at the last minute because he thinks he has a, a cash cow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the maintenance facilities we work with, we're going to push work to them. We're going to send them more business. I think it can help some of the owners, maybe not all of them, but it can help some of the owners that have airplanes to flatten out the costs. No, no peaks and valleys. Of course, everybody wants the valleys, but nobody wants the peaks. But it will flatten out the curves to make ownership more predictable. It covers some of those unforeseen circumstances where if you, in fact, it's funny we're talking about this because just this morning I was looking at some pictures from an airplane that I saw that threw a a jug through the top of the piston of the dome of the cylinder right out through the cowling. And it wasn't a fatal. I managed to return to the field. So it was just a very expensive, unscheduled piece of uh, work that was going to be done. A policy like this can flatten that out. So you don't have to be worried about, you know, here comes a very expensive uh, cylinder replacement. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at it from a safety perspective. This kind of program or, you know, similar programs um, that this would, you know, at least encourage those owners who figure I'll wait till something bad happens and then I'll deal with it. I mean, that seems to be the mentality of a lot of these guys who can barely afford to buy the airplane. They do buy the airplane. And then, and it's sad because you can tell those folks every time you go to a general aviation airport, you can see the derelict airplanes that are sitting out there. Mm -hmm. You know, they have no, no qualms about kicking the tires, lighting the fire and just rocking and rolling. It's like, dude, look at the condition of that airplane. You know, I, I, I'm encouraged by programs like this because I always look at, even for myself, from a safety perspective, that at least this will encourage people to maintain their airplanes as they should be maintained. Because last thing I need is more work. And a lot of these these accidents you can trace back to a mechanical issue that should have been fixed. And you're sitting there as an investigator questioning, why didn't they get this fixed? And then you start getting into financial resources and you can understand the, the bigger picture 
that, eh, you know, they could barely afford to own the airplane. And some of these guys didn't even pay the insurance and, and that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a sad state of affairs because it usually results in heartache and heartbreak because it results in a, an accident or serious incident. So, Remy, it's been great having you on the show. It's very educational for me. And yes, you can expect a phone call from me because <laughs> awesome. so, I want to I want to explore some things that uh, I'm working on right now. So definitely, I appreciate you being on the show. I know that John does too. So John, I will give you the the wrap up and the last word since I'm the guy who keeps shooting off his mouth. All right, Remy, thank you very much for being here with us today. It was very My informative. Pleasure, thank you for having me. I hope our, all our listeners that have airplanes will take a look at this program. To our, our listeners, we're happy to bring programs like this to you. We hope that if you like it, you'll give us a rating on whatever podcast service you're on, because I think we're on all of them now. And also, we're always looking for donations to help offset the cost of this program. And the fact that if you have any questions about this show, and for whatever reason you can't get to uh, Piston Power then email us. John and I always want to hear from you. And remember, people, fly safe. To listen to more episodes of the show, go to flightsafetydetectives.com or the Professional Aviation Maintenance Association at pama.org and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Catch us next time when John Golia and Greg Fife talk about all things aviation. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com. Hey parents! Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast.